Hello! I know I'm interrupting, but before this podcast, 3CR has an important public service announcement. Currently, we are running our annual Radiothon, where we ask for your donations to keep community broadcasting alive. We rely on your support to keep media alternative. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And with that done, I hope you enjoy your show. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, and I have to thank everybody who donated money to keep Showreel on the air for another year. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, we're still uh, in the process at 3CR of uh, running Radiothon, calling for people to donate. We still haven't reached our target. Uh, if you're interested, you can always put some money in to stick together or Solidarity Breakfast. These are two programs that I'm involved in, and we haven't reached our target yet. But anyway, uh, we'll get there, hopefully, uh, with your support. I went to an event uh, earlier in the uh, month, uh, the opening of the Capitol a refurbished Capitol Theatre. It's an architectural gem that's in the centre of Melbourne, across the road from the uh, town hall in Swanston Street. It was uh, designed by the Burley Griffins uh, with uh, a very strong stamp of uh, Marion Marnie uh, Griffin on the interior in particular. It's uh, quite an amazing building. It was uh, made, uh, it was uh, built in 1924, I think it is, and uh, and uh, it had gone into disrepair, but uh, the uh, RMIT and uh, started to work on uh, uh, gaining the funds that would refurbish the building, but I won't uh, take uh, the puff out of the uh, various people that are going to speak in the uh, report that I gathered. The first speaker is uh, Martin Bean, who's the Vice-Chancellor of RMIT uh, and uh, was instrumental in the project coming to its successful and glorious fruition. Today, RMIT reinstates the iconic capital as an architectural and cultural landmark. Reborn as a contemporary centre for cutting-edge tertiary education and a new creative space for the people of Melbourne. This building holds memories of Melbourne that are irreplaceable, and everybody you speak to from my generation has a story to tell of their time in the capital. And I've heard many of them since we began the restoration campaign and unearthed a deluge of capital advocates. It's advocacy that's truly heartfelt. It's based on the shared memory of a place, of of moments etched in time, 
and generations of experience. The theatre itself, as Paul mentioned, was designed by renowned architects Walter Burley Griffin and Marion Marnie Griffin in the Chicago-esque style. It's considered their greatest interior work and described by Robin Boyd, renowned Australian architect and RMIT alumnus, as, and I quote, the best cinema that was ever built or is ever likely to be built. It was designed to evoke a crystalline cave with a spectacular geometric 3D plaster ceiling, quite a building feat for the time. Of course, for Melburnians, it's been something much more, from silent moving pictures accompanied by the large Wurlitzer organ in Australia, uh, the first one, I might add, to the towering inferno screened with dramatic ceiling lighting. It has delighted its loyal patrons, but it has also been saved from demolition many times, if you can believe it. Then came RMIT in 1999, and kudos to one of my predecessors, Professor David Beanland, who was the RMIT Vice-Chancellor at the time, who believed in the venture so much, he later became a donor himself. With this end game in mind, so began an ambitious undertaking to transform this venue into one that will do justice to the great art of yesterday and the promise of what is to come. Our challenge was to create a space for student, industry, and community to be able to collaborate in a contemporary environment with access to the latest screen-based technology and new media. The Capitol's 580-seat theatre has been fitted with high-tech cinematic sound capability, new digital and film projection, advanced LED lighting functionality, and modern theatre flexibility. And there are collaborative spaces for new digital media, VR, AR, gaming, film, video, and animation. This will all combine to create rich, immersive opportunities for students across a variety of subjects, including digital media, cinema studies, creative writing, and design. And I'm delighted to have some of our students with us here this morning to witness the reopening of the Capitol. Of course, all the necessary work to make this vision a reality meant we needed to find others who shared the vision for, of reimagining a venue like this for new generations of art lovers, collaborators, and creators. And find we did. Again, a very big thank you to the Honourable Gail Tierney, Victorian Minister for Training and Skills and Minister for Higher Education, and to your government, the Victorian government, for their $2.5 million investment in the project. And to our many passionate supporters and donors, including Ling, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Martin. The support of government has been integral to the success of this project, and so we're delighted to invite to say a few words the Honourable Gail Tierney, Minister for Training and Skills and Minister for Higher Education. Gail. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. So many have fond memories of seeing movies and comedy shows here. This marvellous theatre was built in 1924, the era of silent film, designed, as we've heard, from Walter Burley Griffin and Marion Mahoney Griffin. It is one of Australia's most architecturally acclaimed cinemas. Marion herself was a trailblazer for women in architecture. She was one of the first licensed female architects in the world. The wonderfully glamorous interior we are all enjoying again this morning 
bears her unique stamp. It was the first really large, stunning picture palace built in Victoria with its sumptuous lighting effects, elaborate foyers, um, a full orchestra and a Hugh Wurlitzer organ. Marion designed the spectacular ceiling above us, surely the theatre's outstanding feature. The lights were used in conjunction with orchestral scores to dramatic effect when silent films were being played and it gives me great pleasure to recognise and celebrate her immense talent with you all this morning. Over 94 years, the Capitol has had more ups and downs than a Saturday matinee film plot. Many of you know that Robin Boyd led, thankfully, a very successful campaign to save this theatre from demolition more than 50 years ago. And I'm sure that, like me, he would be absolutely thrilled to see the theatre restored to its former glory. And now the nearly 600-seat theatre resumes its rightful place as a beloved star of Melbourne's cultural and artistic scene. One of the, of the reasons this government is proud to have contributed $1.5 million towards its restoration we knew how important it was to return such a valuable cultural asset back to Melbourne. It sits in the centre of Melbourne's cultural spine, which runs from St Kilda Road's Arts Precinct all the way up to the Ian Potter Museum in Carlton. The refurbishment also gave several RMIT, TAFE and university students great learning opportunities. Students completing Certificate 3 in Building and Construction followed the projects closely as a live case study. Photography, media, communications and interior design students have documented the project and recorded oral histories. The results can be seen in the lounge in its Cabinet of Curiosities. School of Design students have helped with today's launch and this evening's official opening. The refurbishment efforts have included the restoration of the foyer, cinema projection, lighting and sound upgrades, and the replacement of seats and carpets. Once again, the capital will soon be the second home for numerous Melbourne um, film lovers. RMIT University is partnering with the Australian Centre for Moving Image so the capital can host a vibrant range of film festivals, including the Melbourne International Film Festival, the Melbourne Queer Film Festival, Human Rights Arts and Film Festival and the Japanese Film Festival Australia. The capital is one of the few cinemas remaining in Australia that retains both the 35mm and the 700mm projection. The fly tower, as we've heard, or the theatrical rigging system behind me, has been reinstated as part of the upgrade, and this will expand the use of the theatre beyond film, and it will include theatrical and musical productions. In total, the theatre is expected to host more than 500 cultural events, festivals and live performances each and every year. The other reason that the Victorian Government was so pleased to support this project was to help realise its potential as an innovation educational hub. Now, thanks to RMIT, this landmark building will once again be an important centre for students, industry and the public. RMIT staff and students will have access to cutting-edge learning and teaching facilities. The capital will provide 
learning experiences for RMIT students across digital media, virtual reality, augmented reality, film and animation. And students will also benefit from new industry partnerships, enabling them to learn while they're working with key cultural organisations, festivals and events. The capital will also be a meeting place for students to experience and discuss all facets of screen culture and industry developments. And it will absolutely connect students with creative communities. This project is not only returned a much-loved cultural venue to Victorians, it has not only just resulted in an outstanding innovative education hub, this theatre is also contributing to Melbourne's reputation as a fantastic place to live. You're on 3CR on Showreel and we're down at the reopening of the Capitol Cinema in the centre of Melbourne earlier this month. The Palais in St Kilda. Yeah, did they do that? But not on the same site. It then burnt down a few days before it was supposed to open. Some of the lanterns are still around and they reflect the shapes in the building. Oh, right. So, so this isn't the first cinema that they made? No, but it's the first operating cinema. Cinema that they made. Because the, the earlier one caught fire because of the projectors. Arc lamps. Yeah. I sound confident, don't I? But I, I read Wikipedia, I know what's true. <laughs> it's the first time anyone built a cinema as part of an apartment complex. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so the rest of it, all the way up, there are apartments or were apartments in it. So, so this is about the uh, beginning of the uh, what we're actually seeing now, yeah. which is this integrated yeah. living experience. Yeah, and yeah. all the other cinemas look backwards and sideways into um, a kind of Hollywood-esque fantasy universe with all those paper mache things yes. and dragons on the outside. Yeah, the yeah like the Forum, which is par excellence. Yes, this is the only one that. Um, takes on the tropes of modern architecture, as far yeah. as I can see. It's quite beautiful de- detailing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I love... Oh, th- that ceiling is just extraordinary. Oh, yeah. I Did you used to go to the movies here? No. No, I never went to the movies here. It was starting yeah. to decay by the time I arrived. Oh. oh, no, that's not true. I came to film festivals. Yeah. But it was decaying by then. Yeah. It was just a... By that stage, it was just a terrible cinema with a small screen, a long throw and very bad sound and awful seats <laughs> were falling apart. Because <laughs> all the detailing is so beautiful. So this is like an actual theatre, uh, not just a picture theatre, this foyer that we're in. Uh, this is called the Salon and this is where all the ladies stood down here it had a grand piano and up here in the mezzanine was the men's smoking lounge and they were up there drinking um drinking there's a little hole in the wall where they were passed whiskey and they um uh, they smoked their cigars and that's why they were up higher and and the women were down here and then after a while they would fought this was a sort of uh, uh, higher echelon space. They would make their way into the theatre from this level. So this is, it was called the Salon and um, now it's called the Ling Ang Collaborative Space. And so we'll, we'll be having uh, book launches and script readings and um, all kinds of events in this 
in this lovely flat space. So when they were talking about uh, uh, being a, a practical hands-on space for uh, a whole range of things like uh, VR and um, animation and things of that nature, does that mean that there are uh, um, studios here? Uh, well, we're connected actually to our studios. We've got four 4K television studios down on the main precinct and that can screen on our screen here. Things from there can come down here. Uh, all our st- students in in many of our courses such as in the School of Media and Communication or the School of Architecture or the School of Design, students run what's called a studio. So they they solve real world problems in five hour blocks of time where they work have work integrated learning. Uh, So uh, what might happen in this space is for example, say the Melbourne International Film Festival comes through. A group of communication students would work with that festival. They might solve different kinds of problems, uh, communication problems, working with them on those. So we see it as driving industry partnerships. Now, I know I probably should speak to the people who were the architects, but the roof is so extraordinary. Yes. Uh, How was that handled? The refurbish, refurbishing of it was it was there a lot that had to be done to fix the roof up or was it really just there happening waiting for the rest of it to be fixed? It was in remarkably good condition. What a lot of people don't know is the roof does open a bit. It has rollers on the roof. That's that hasn't been enabled, but it used to be because they had to let the smoke out because people were smoking in the cinema. It's all been completely. Uh, it didn't need a lot of repair. It's been repainted. I've been up on the scaffolds and touched the ceiling, and it's amazing how every bit of the detail is so finely done. What's it made of? Plaster. So it's sort of horsehair plaster. Ooh. Amazing. I think. <laughs> I'm not an architect, but yeah. but but it's a piece of art. Oh, it is, and she was she's renowned as an artist. I think most people know that Marion Mahani Griffin did the largest body of the work in this theatre. And I think for me, what I've always noticed is the exterior is very masculine. It's very uh, geometric, and so is the uh, entrance from the street. If you look at the lights that are still there. Uh, as you come in on overhead. But when you came into the theatre, it suddenly became more curved and crystalline. And it, she... Um, well, they're both credited, but you can see this fantastic feminine touch in all the... They did the lights, the, the um, it's silk like demas the buff- seating, and uh, yellow daffodil lamps. And it's like uh, Buck and Caves in a way. Yes. Oh, it is. And, and she was very interested in the natural world and crystals and uh, part of that is, is, uh, comes from that. And I understand the, uh, uh, there's a film which talks about where the name the capital came from and the, uh, Walter Burley Griffin won the design for Canberra and when they came here, they, they, had a, they won the the prize and there was a centrepiece of that design which was called the capital which was actually never built and it's a kind of Egyptian ziggurat design uh, in the middle and so uh, it's thought that that's where they got the idea from. Oh that's amazing almost if you look at the new parliament house it sort of almost is... Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there is a bit of influence from that and I'm sure the architects would have known that. You know, it would be part of the architectural history of Canberra and what, what it was intended to look like and uh, a lot of 
the original ideas were eroded. It was very exciting. Yeah, thanks very much okay, for talking thanks. to me. We were making oral histories for the Capitol Theatre as part of our media course that we're doing at RMIT. We're in second year. Um, so we were filming, um, podcasting a lot of people who'd been involved in the Capitol over the years or had memories of the Capitol. Um, yeah, and then we just compiled them all and they're on display up there, we think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, apparently they are. And uh, tell me, what did you discover? What was the most interesting thing you discovered? Mm. I think it was just kind of the really extensive history it had with um, how it's been like reshaped over the years. Like um, It's had a whole bunch of different owners and like that was just kind of interesting to me because I didn't... I thought it was just like owned by the going into this I was like oh like you know mum government owns it like kind of pretty ignorant to that and then like it's had a re like was about to be closed down like 50 years ago like it's, it's so wild. Yeah, there was one student in our class who did a project on the like Chinese theatre company that was here for a while and that was just a really interesting little like obscure chapter all these different little mm. bits and pieces. <laughs> so were you interested in the fact that it was uh important culturally to Melbourne, uh, a Melbourne that you probably had no idea existed. Mm, Mm, Well, I interviewed um, a guy named Julian who is a part of... He removed the Wurlitzer organ from the capital that used to be here. So I interviewed him and I spoke with him for like two hours and it was just so interesting to hear about a side of Melbourne that he'd experienced that, you know, I wouldn't have had any idea about. Like, he had so many memories of coming to the theatre and... The first time he saw the Wurlitzer rise from the ground up and I was just quite awestruck to like think that that was something, a part of a cinema, whereas today it's like going to Hoyts or something, these big you know, commercial cinemas, whereas this is like a real theatre experience. So did he have a sort of a sense of a death of a friend? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you could try to say that. Um, so yeah, they, I think... There's plans to get the Wurlitzer back in the capital. But, yeah, he was speaking really fondly of it um, and hopefully it'll get to be reinstalled so people can experience it again because it just sounds so extraordinary. Really? <laughs> yeah. Are you interested in... Uh, is, your, is this your final year of doing media? Or? Um, we're in second. Second year. So apparently it's going to be an important part of the uh, media experience at RMIT for students. Mm. Are you looking forward to that? very much looking forward to that. Apparently we get to watch, we do cinema screenings for cinema subjects. Apparently we get to come in here hopefully next semester, so I'm very excited. Mm, It's so much better. Because there's only one cinema at RMIT as well, like that's to my knowledge, so it's really good that they have two, so they can, you know, have more frequent screenings and like more subjects that allow that kind of thing. Mm. So it's good, like this is a really, really great resource to have on hand, because like while on one hand it's a massive like cinema there's like so many other things you can explore from it but it's also like just I think it's just really exciting like to be able to just go into that uni and be like be able to come in here and ex- I don't know it's just really interesting My really fun it's a cinema <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm not just going to class I'm going to the theatre like it's pretty cool yeah, sorry guys just off to the movies <laughs> thanks very much no worries, no worries. thank you you're on Showreel on 3CR and uh, we've just been 
We've just been listening to uh, some people that were down at the Capitol when it uh, was reopened after being refurbished, uh, a major uh, architectural feat, but uh, a fascinating uh, interior. Uh, and in fact, I'll uh, put up a uh, picture of it on the podcast so you can see uh, how right I am uh, that it looks like um, something like the Janolan Caves or the Bucking Caves. It's quite extraordinary, really. Uh, a beautiful piece of work. And uh, if you are interested in going there and experiencing it this weekend, Acme, you may have noticed, Acme has been closed down for uh, refurbishing itself. And uh, so it is now screening uh, various programs in places like the Capitol and also the old um, Treasury Buildings um, Cinema up there. If you go up to the top of Spring Street and then go down the stairs, you will be able to enter the cinema there where the old uh, State Film Centre used to be, the precursor of the uh, ACME itself. Uh, But anyway, at the Capitol, they're going to be screening starting tonight uh, the... um, tribute to uh, Agnes Varda, um, who died uh, earlier this year, uh, a uh, formative a French filmmaker uh, who uh, was part of a fantastic little documentary that was made uh, recently about people, people and places, I think it was called. It was a really delightful film. It was about them travelling around France Uh, on a community art project. Anyway, she was a fantastic person, but she was also part of the New Wave uh, French cinema. And so they're going to be screening her films and uh, celebrate the legacy of the fearless feminist godmother of the French New Wave, Agnes Varda. And uh, Philippa Hawker and Annabelle Brady-Brown are going to join the ACME's head of film programs, Cursity Kirsty Madison to discuss the legendary canon of one of cinema's greatest directors. And that's going to be on at 5pm on Sunday, the 23rd. Uh, The tickets are all $12 um, and it's at the Capitol. Uh, If you were feeling very generous, you might like to go to the Natalie Miller Foundation Fellowships uh, screening, which is also on the 23rd at 6.30 and it's also going to be around Agnes Varda's classic. So if you can't go to the 5 o'clock screening, then you can perhaps go and fill the coffers of the Natalie Miller Fellowships um, uh, by going to the screening at 6.30 at the Capitol Capitol, and experience the, the new and wondrous look of the Capitol. And it is quite amazing. Uh... Coming up next is Published or Not, and uh, we'll go out with a song that I don't know at all, but it's called Mother, and it's by a local artist, so um, Gaia Allen.
Did you enjoy listening to that podcast? Here at 3CR, we're a community radio station, and you're part of that. Right now is Radiothon, when we ask our community to pitch in with a few dollars that can help keep media in the hands of our community. This year, we need to raise $250,000 to keep the station on air. Any amount that you can afford makes a big difference. And it's really easy to donate. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Your support is greatly appreciated and helps us power radical podcasts for yet another year. Thanks, as always, for listening.